Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. It's great to be with you again, Dr. Paul. Good. This is Friday. This is the day, generally, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, economic policy and talk about gold and talk about why uh, we're partners with uh, Birch Gold. And uh, it doesn't take much to find some interesting topics about gold. And today there was something that came out. I want to start off with a, a, a message a headline just shortly within hours from University of Michigan uh, survey. And uh, because it, it doesn't talk directly about gold, but it tells you a little bit about the difficulties in understanding gold. The, this came up with zero hedge. University of Michigan inflation expectations unexpectedly soared again in November. Oh, they didn't predict it, but the price that may, that means that uh, the people are anticipating higher prices. Shouldn't surprise the Austrian economists and people who pay a little bit of attention to monetary policy, and also the sentiment, the, the attitude of the people. What's coming? Uh, it, it's slumped. So that's that's bad news. And of course, uh, it usually means that uh, they should deal with the problem of inflation. But the way they do this is they, they, they Fed interprets this as a health, too healthy economy, too much activity, too much productivity. And therefore, when, when there's activity like this in a free market, uh, they, they think the same thing. Oh, you cut it back. You got to cut it back. You got to have a recession to calm the markets down. And it may happen that way if you, if you created a recession or depression, prices fall for, you know, economic reasons. But the, the whole thing is, is the uh, reaction to this, I could look at this and say, wow, this is, this is, we better buy some more gold because this is bad news. This, this means they're going to raise the, they raise the interest rates, more cost to the government. And today, our, our special issue that we're going to be talking about today is the interest on the national debt. And it's totally out of control. So what are they going to do to raise the interest rate? Of course, uh, the market's going to raise interest rates, too, and, uh, and being concerned about uh, the uh, interest on the national debt is going to get much, much worse. But the, the, the Michigan, University of Michigan expectations has uh, prompted the sentiment in the market, the immediate people who, what is their immediate reaction? The Fed's going to raise interest rates. Well, if you've decided that you would uh, have some bonds and other things that you benefit by rising interest rates because you know, most people that know about the market knew interest rates would come whether the Fed decides or not. But because the anticipation that the Fed will do this, they say, well, this will give strength to the dollar. <laughs> well, maybe they ought to look at the spending and a few other things. But on an hour-to-hour basis, this, this, uh, the reaction is, they people, even the ones who know better, but they say, well, the people are going to react and the Fed is going to do this. So we have to react. So what do they do? do? They say they're satisfied. and They say, sell gold, sell gold. Gold's not going to go up under these circumstances, even though what we're listening to here, it's the purpose. It's the problem we have. And it's the attitude and it's the system. It's the system that the Fed's running is the reason gold started off at $20 an ounce and now it's 2000 dollars an ounce and it's going to go a lot higher uh, but there, there's a fallacy in the Fed thinking 
and the investors have to go along with it because there will be a reaction. But the immediate reaction, as a matter of fact, even by the end of the day, this sentiment might change again and say, hey, maybe uh, two and two equals four instead of two and two equals three or something. They might, uh, they might change their mind. So this is, uh, this is one thing going on. And I wanted to, uh, as the, uh, our program moves along, I want to go over and do a little bit of a summary on uh, on the dollar, you know, and where we started, and the gold prices, and what he, what was the big event? And of course, the big event that we're going to be talking about, a lot bigger than most people have started to recognize, it was day two days ago. The payments on the on a, the national debt went to over a trillion dollars, and. And no, nobody cares. You know, they're still, you know, even this week, Republicans and Democrats were spending more money, sending more money overseas, looking for another fight someplace. You know, it's, it's no, has no effect on the warmongering and the militarism that we have and no effect on the welfare state because we, we have to be uh, humanitarians. We don't want to be accused of uh, not liking people. But, you know, if you had freedom, that would be the real, uh, you know, generous offers to, offers to people because that's where people prosper. And people generally prosper with their civil liberties when they don't have war to worry about. But anyway, uh, that, that's a big event. It's a seminal event. And there's been several of those throughout the history, starting with the Federal Reserve Board. And systematically, uh, we undermined the gold standard. It took over 100 years to totally destroy it. And it's been getting weaker and weaker. And there's accurate predictions. And that's why people are buying gold and trying to sort this out. And it's also one of the reasons people go to, to uh, people who understand gold and actually uh, give advice on gold. And that's why I'm partnered with, uh, with the Birch Gold Group. And uh, if you want to get some information, if you haven't already asked them for the information, they offer information about this very problem that we have, interpreting things, you know, by minute to minute, and why uh, they, like I, we have the agreement, we agree on the issue that you don't do it in and out in every 10 minutes like they do on Wall Street and like the Federal Reserve does. That uh, we know that uh, if you print a lot of money and spend too much, the value of the dollar goes down and you have price inflation. And it's true, even though you do have a lot of ups and downs in, in the middle. So if you'd like to follow up from this little conversation and get a little more information and you haven't done it yet, uh, text RON at 989898 and that will connect you with uh, Birch Gold and they will send you some materials to get you started if you're just starting but also to try to keep up with the markets and interpret what is happening and how how you can make your investments related to gold. So if you're interested in that what you do is you text RON 989898A and they'll send you materials. There will be no charge for those materials, but it will give you some information that you need. Information is very, very important. Just like I emphasize, education is very important when you're thinking about a system and putting it together, but it's also uh, information when you're trying to survive with it. And uh, the efforts to survive now is probably greater than ever. I went through the 1960s and I stored food and all these things in the 70s. 
70s, and I thought things were very bad. But the foundations are much worse today than ever before, even though you might say, well, the numbers of people that were poor back then were more from technical thing, and their things were bad. But I think the foundation, this, the moral foundation, the financial situation is worse. And that's why this trillion-dollar bill every year just to pay the interest is just a start. And it's, a, it's accelerating at a rapid rate, and I would like to go ahead and put up a chart just to leave this thought with you about how rapidly uh, this interest on the uh, national debt is growing. Now, there, there it is. That's pretty clear. And that, that picture, you know, is worth a thousand of my words I'm putting out here right now. Interest payments on the U.S. debt, exponentially growing. Nothing has changed. They're still spending money. We elect new people. And they talk differently. And they seem to be a little friendlier and maybe a little more sincere. But it marches on because it's politically it's not possible uh, that people won't <clears throat> allow people who think uh, the members of Congress and others who think you need to cut some of these things, cut the military industrial complex, cut, cut the welfare system, and people will be better off with more liberty. That's the thing that we have to compete, uh, you know, get people to understand. So we'll keep working on that issue. And now we'll hear from Chris. Yes, Dr. Paul, that, sh uh, that chart is very telling and uh, pretty scary because, you know, uh, interest payments can bury you. That's, uh, you know, that's when the end game shows up. And, you know, our financial situation, it's very similar to the medical so, you know, debacle that we went through. It was paved by experts. And this financial disaster is paved by experts. You know, the job of an economist, a real economist, is to tell politicians what they cannot do. You know, because politicians, they're, you know, they're, they're driven by what the public wants. And a lot of times what the public wants is just not viable. So the economist, his job is to tell the politician the truth. You can't give something away for free. It's not free. You know, you can't fix the price of that. Who do you think you are? You can't fix prices. Prices are not uh, arrived by dictate. You're going to create a disaster. But unfortunately, that's not what a economist today does. If you want to be a successful economist, you have to tell the politician that's a great idea. And then you go to the public and explain that, yes, uh, free health care is a great idea. Free this, free that. And you'll become somebody uh, you know, in the economic world publicly. Now, it's all a lie, but, you know, people don't really care about that. They, uh, if they can live a good life materially, you know, they'll go on TV and say debt doesn't matter and deficits don't matter. Just print more money. You know, there's, there's always somebody that's willing to do that. So that's what an economist has become in t today. And that's why we have this financial uh, debacle that is just waiting to hit us hard. Uh, but again, you know, it's there was nobody telling the truth, so the Americans don't know the truth, and uh, you know, down this bad road we continue to go. You know, the uh, banking system prior to 1913 still had uh, difficulties. It was not perfect. They suspended it during the Civil War, <clears throat> and uh, yet there was still a lot of respect for the gold standard. No, so when they would wander off and cause a recession, they always went back to the gold. 
So, but uh, in 1913, it was decided that bankers got together and they uh, had the Federal Reserve Act passed. And this was, uh, uh, the purpose of it was to stabilize the banking system. And just think of, in our short period of time, in the last 20 years, how many, how many unstable banks have we dealt with? But it wasn't, it wasn't permanent. It, it was bad and horrible. But it's going to get a lot worse because they were always bailed out because there was still some trust in the fiat. Oh, but we, we have this printed press money so we can bail banks out and stabilize them. As long as the banks are stable, people don't have to worry about their, their deposit. It used to be even the, the average depositor would lose their money, you know, no, insur no government insurance. I don't think people are going to lose that anymore. That shouldn't give you reassurance. It just means that the government is going to paper everything over, and that is what uh, f the fiat is all about. And these are the warning signs. This uh, this payment on the on the uh, the interest on the debt is a warning sign. But you know they they were doing this in 1913 when they were trying to pass the Federal Reserve Act. You know uh, Hamilton had an argument with Jefferson over this whole thing. It's been around for a long time. It's been that way throughout history. So many countries have gone down the drain when they give up and they say, oh. Oh, no, let's, let's not live within our means. Let's, let's have money of real value. And yet uh, they, they, they always drift away because it gives government more power until, until the uh, value of the currency runs out. And ours, I, I think one of the uh, amazing things is how long it's lasted because that's more than 100 years now that we've had them attacking it. So they had 1913, and we had our ups and downs ever since. And in that age, then we had the, the Depression hit us, and FDR is elected to save the day. So first thing he does is steal the gold from the people and, uh, and not allow people to own, own, the, own the gold. So that's a definite attack on it. But they were able to survive because people had to worry more about bread than they did about the... Uh, the gold standard and there wasn't inflation so it, it went by and there was a lack of understanding but then by 1945 there everybody knew there were still problems as the war was ending 1944 uh, they uh, drew up the Bretton Woods agreement have a pseudo gold standard back it by the trust in the fiat dollar and they did that and that tidied things over and things worked and and even though the predictions were always there it won't work it won't work and the people who argued that case were right people like henry hazlitt a famous austrian economist that said this can't work this can't work it doesn't make any th any, any sense and <clears throat> that was ushered in a new age so we had the Bretton woods until we snuck around our governments did it we have to have big government we have to be the world policeman we have to we have a moral obligation to keep the world safe it's our duty because we're a powerful nation and we have the control of the uh, uh, of the reserve currency of the world so uh, uh, but that that was doomed to fail and this was that the, that day was uh, when it was it when it was declared a failure was August 15 1971 and this is when Nixon said no more golds going on we we are not paying you out we're broke we don't have the real money, but we'll keep sending you paper money, and this will just, just be temporary. So that, that went on, and that was a big date because it had a big impact on me, and it actually had, gave me a lot of motivation to want to speak out about money and, and, and ended up running for uh, Congress. But uh, 
Since then, they, we've been limping along, but we had a recent financial crisis in 2008, and we, it was still, it was getting worse and worse. But then, then we invented a new thing by the Fed, QE. We're, we're not only pumping some money, we're going to buy up all the junk, all the junk bonds, because there was a, they overinvest in the government programs, put it in the housing bubble. Everybody should have known there was a bubble, and the bubble collapsed. But uh, that was in in, in 08, and uh, and now the uh, what what the, we're we're in a position now where they can't stop spending. There's too many powerful political forces. We have a foreign policy that's doomed to fail, and, uh, and the big question is what's going to happen next. And that is a big question. The one thing is is I have no confidence that we're going to get enough help in Washington that they will devise a system that will be smart and de deliberate and the people will understand why you have to start living within your own means. No, they want money to solve the problem. And that's what they do. They come in and they print more money. And, uh, and yet it, it doesn't work. So that's where we are. And Chris, I'll tell you what, I think people will remember People will be talking about, uh, you know, this uh, announcement that we went over this landmarkish date of one trillion dollars a year. It may turn out to be a bigger one-day event than what I thought was happening in 1971. I think so too, Dr. Paul. And you know, unfortunately, this is going to catch a lot of people by surprise. And by this, I don't mean today or tomorrow. Whenever, you know, the numbers, you 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 can't beat this. So, and we can't expect, you know, to go to the television and to be soothed that they're going to tell you the truth. You know, hopefully we have a lot of precedents that we're going through of just how much this propaganda machine lies. I mean, obviously COVID and that I think had a major effect on people. However, people still go back to the TV. I don't understand it. Even after COVID, they'll go back and, you know, we went through the Ukraine thing and look how long that lasted. And people were told over and over, Ukraine is winning. They're going to win. We have to keep sending them money, sending them weapons. And Zelensky's meeting with actors and this and that. It's all big show. He's globetrotting. And they're all of a sudden gone. Putin, I guess, is not going to take over Europe and not going to be the next Hitler. But everybody's moved on. You know, so it's, you know, once you see this, you got to, it's like getting yourself out of a cult with this media. So, because when you turn on that television, you're going to hear all the lies. You'll have the Fed go, oh, we need to get up to 2%. And now they're saying, oh, no, we need to get down to 2%. And, uh, you know, this week, somebody went on an advisor. You know, I talked about advisors, my first thing. An advisor to Biden went on television and said, I don't think there's a leader out there who wouldn't rather have the economic record that President Biden has today. <laughs> And she said it with a straight face right on television and people watch it. And I guess the, some of them believe it. So it's important to turn away from the propaganda machine because it is not your friend. It's your enemy. You know, if there's one thing that Trump got right, it's that the media is the enemy. And, you know, that's the only way the more people that get out and rip themselves away from it, the better off we'll be. Very good. You know, <clears throat> there was a book written back in the 1840s, 1841, by Charles McKay. It, it was a fascinating book, and I still reference it because it's, 
It is based on, it's called Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowd. Crowd. It's really a study of mass psychology and how people will march lockstep when it doesn't make any sense. And, and that's been known, uh, you know, the one example that they use so often is the uh, tulip mania that went, went uh, many years ago. And uh, it, it was just a, a mob psychology. But McKay points out, and the book has about six or seven of these episodes of this crazy stuff going on, and uh, I would think that the, our fiat uh, currency history is a, uh, one of these delusional things. And right now it's delusional to believe that uh, we can continue to do what we're doing, continue spending, running up the debt, and uh, as interest rates go up, see, eventually the market's overwhelmed. And even though the government might say, well, we better make interest rates lower, and they will regulate the interest rates, and you can't charge any more than this, well, it'll just be a black market. It's, sort of like, it's a price control. And uh, one of the most important prices in a free market is the interest rates. It tells us a lot. It tells us a lot about productivity, savings, plans to invest, and all these things. So it gives a little, a lot of indication. But now, uh, now uh, they'll, they'll resort to, uh, you know, forcing it on people. It, and that will, that will not work. And I think that we are ha experiencing delusional attitudes about what, what is happening uh, with, with the fiat money. But uh, th that, that book was written, the uh, McKay's book was written back in the 1840s. And he said that uh, it, it, yeah, the total title of that is Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And I think everybody can tell a story. What about COVID? It turns out it was junk, that whole argument. And people died from bad medicine. Good doctors went to prison and lost their jobs. Now that's madness, but it's also very dangerous too. And so <clears throat> I think there's the, the madness of crowds when you think it is our moral responsibility to bring peace to the world. And if you look carefully, where the, all these skirmishes and fighting and small wars and big wars break out is usually where we've been involved. You think we haven't been involved in Ukraine for a long time? You think we haven't been involved in the Middle East and in, uh, in Israel and all these places for a long time? So where we go, it's, it's just total madness, but they will not open their minds and say, well, th this, is, this is something that we have, have to deal with. And uh, right now, uh, that has been my main effort is try to work on the educational part of teaching people, you know, something about money. It's not going to come from government schools. It's sort of like medical schools started punishing people for talking about sound medicine. And they're still doing this. And uh, so it's not going to come from the government schools. And this, this is one reason why I'm involved in a lot of other people now, and it's growing, and that is education outside the government system, which can be private schools, can be religious schools, it can be whatever schools, it could be, you know, homeschooling, all any sorts. But uh, there's a lots of ways to escape, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be there. You'd think there would be no intrusion on the private practice of medicine and punishing people just because they wanted a discussion on the uh, treatment for COVID. That is criminal, it's very dangerous, and it is the madness of crowds. McKay said people go mad in crowds like mob, mob rules. But the sad part of his assessment was they only recover their senses 
one at a time. So that, that makes me more content to have an approach of not pretending that I can talk to a large crowd and convert people. Hopefully somebody did listen, but it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's education, and uh, it has to be done with a tone that people will open their ears rather than opening their mouths and, and mouthing off and having all this, all this political double talk and yelling and screaming at each other. So the answers are out there. I believe this uh, world and this country is smarter in economic policy. Uh, than has been uh, for a long has been for a long time, but we're still in serious trouble because the people who believe in wokeism and gigantic government and all that authoritarianism that they should rule everything. I think the cultural Marxists right now are in charge, but I think the number of people who are starting to to listen to the message of liberty they're growing. Chris, that's true, Dr. Paul. I'll finish up, and the number of people are growing largely. Thanks to Dr. Paul, what he has done with his life. Um, you know, it's the role of government that um, is the key here. Uh, when he ran for president, I remember I could hear it in my mind. He said, you know, when he said, I don't want to run your life because I don't know how to run your life. And I don't want to run the world because I don't know how to run the world. What he was doing there was showing what the proper role of government is because our government does think that they can run our lives and does think that they can run the world. They can't, they're going to go <clears> broke doing it, trying it, and we're gonna to have to pay the bills. You know, so government cannot be everything to everyone. You cannot live at the expense of everyone else and everyone else cannot live at your expense. Uh, domestically, everything cannot be for free. Every, they want this for free, that for free, this for free, that for free. And then internationally, they want to police the world. They don't like what this guy's doing. This guy's the next Hitler. This guy's the next Hitler. Over and over and over. And they just were going broke. So that's the philosophy that has landed us here. And we can continue down this road. And it looks like that's what's going to happen until the philosophy changes to where people say, you know what? Leave the government over there. They're nothing but a big problem. We need to <coughs> rebuild. You know, and this country was exceptional in that sense. You know, we're all human beings, everybody in this world, but it, what was exceptional is the idea, the philosophy of government. The government was supposed to be chained down and it broke those chains and now we're just like everybody else. There's no exceptionality. Tyranny is the, you know, the story of mankind since the beginning. So once again, if people wanna be exceptional in the sense of, you know, having the proper role of government, it's in our hands. It just, you know, it, it needs a lot of work and a lot of talking and a lot of speaking when everybody else just stands around and just watches everything fall apart. Very good. I'm gonna close with a short clip from uh, something that uh, Powell said at a speech this week. And it says, Powell urges Fed economists to be flexible on their forecast methods. And I, think, I keep thinking, well, maybe he has a suspicion that they don't know what they're doing. And, but they're usually very authoritarian, this, this, and this. But he was admitting, <clears throat> he was admitting that there were a lot of varieties and you have to be careful. And uh, for more people to say things, that puts him in a box. And they have to know how, how many failures that, that, that they have. But they keep thinking, well, we'll just change members, we'll change this idea, and we will adjust for this. And we've been able to get away with it. 
We've been, they've been, <coughs> excuse me, they've been able to get away with it because we had a very wealthy country. We had a maximum amount of freedom compared to the rest of the world. And we had a lot of wealth and energy and a lot of freedom, which has now just sort of evaporated because the debt and the interest on the debt really tells us where we are and we're running out of steam. And so this, this, is not, this is going to accelerate, even though some knew in 1913 it wouldn't work. And many more joined and, knew and, and made the point that this can't work. But I think we're getting to the point where the people say, be careful, this can't work and it's going to be serious. So you better start planning what it should be like when you live in a free society with sound money. That is what our goals should be. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.